0: friends, welcome back to another episode of the and also podcast. My name is Madison and I am your host. So today's episode is going to be a little bit of a switch up from the grief topics we've been covering the past few weeks. Um, and this one is something I've been really excited to dive into, which is social media and the impacts of mental health and beauty standards, all that kind of stuff. So definitely stay tuned for today's conversation. But before we get into the episode today, first off, I wanted to share the drink of the day. You guys, I am so hesitant about this. Your girl does not like Red Bull. I'll be honest with you. I'm not huge on energy drinks. The only one I like is the clean yerba mate one. That is my favorite energy drink. But Red Bull, girl, I do not know about this but I got the strawberry apricot to switch it up and see if it's any better. I just don't like the flavor of Red Bull. It's just not giving what it needs to give for me. This is what my guest wanted and I always get the drinks my guests want. So I'm always open to try new things. So let's get into it. It smells better than a classic Red Bull. I'll I'll say that much. And the sad part is if I like this, I'm going to be drinking it every day. That is so much better than wait it's really sweet i don't think i could finish a full one but this is really good i did i got a vitamin water as a backup because y'all know i love my vitamin water but this kind of eats so that's the drink of the day let me know what you are sipping on if you're watching on youtube leave it in the comments let me know on instagram wherever you want to let me know let me know because i love to know what drinks are your favorite Okay, and next is book of the day. So the book of the day, I totally forgot to grab it on my way out the door. The book is called Perfect Me or Perfect Me. I guess it could go either way. Uh, Beauty as an Ethical Ideal. It's by Heather Widows. And this was a book that I read and heavily studied when I was doing my independent study on beauty ethics and beauty standards and their impacts on society. So this book is really, really important to me. And I very much enjoyed it. I love the name that it could be perfect or perfect because I think when it comes to beauty standards, it can feel very either-or in that sense. This book talks about how there is such a high demand to look beautiful, to fit the beauty standard, to follow the trends, and how it becomes increasingly important that you do these things because our culture, our very visual, our very material culture um, kind of ranks you in a way in society and your importance based on your physical attributes and to what extent you fit the beauty standard. It's a very toxic culture. And social media does play a huge role in how we view ourselves, um, which is why I chose this book because it very much links to that kind of idea that we are going to be talking about today. But the book talks about the changing nature of the beauty standard over time and kind of shows how it's becoming more demanding and more dominant than ever before and it's almost unavoidable like it's really hard to love yourself in in society today and that really sucks and especially for people socialized as women it's increasingly more complicated the main idea of the book is this argument that our perception of the self is continuing to change more and more we begin to idealize the self as a physical attribute versus who we are on the inside. So what we reflect on the outside is is becoming more valued in society. It's just, it's bizarre. So it's like, how far are we willing to go to embrace this beauty ideal? And how much of ourselves are we willing to give up to meet this outward standard? Whereas the inward feelings may not match what's going on on the outside. So I think it's an amazing book. You should totally read it if you're interested in this topic at all. I find that there's definitely like an increase in interest in the topic of beauty standards and social media impacts. So check it out if you have not already. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Let's get into our interview with Kaylee Carino. Um, I hope you guys love this episode and give this a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Definitely download on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get into today's interview. Okay, so let's get started. Yeah. So I would love for you to introduce yourself. My name is Kaylee and I've known Madison for... Quite some time now. So, we're talking about social media and kind of like beauty standards and the impacts on people in our generation. And I really wanted to talk to you about this one because you're currently in college for business and like you want to be in social media. Yeah. And even though we're like fairly close in age, I still feel like your perspective being you're 18, right? Yeah. Like being 18. And also growing up with social media like so present in your life is a very different experience from mine.
1: No, it totally is. The way that social media has just so much exposure right now, but it just keeps growing. It's actually insane. I'm just like... It's kind of
0: scary. Yeah.
1: It's kind of scary. And not even just like people my age, but people that are younger. Yeah. It's
0: too much. (laughs) I know. How old were you when you got Instagram? 12. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So what are you at? Like sixth grade? Fifth grade? Yeah, I was like fifth, sixth grade, and then I had musically. I looked at kick. Oh my god, kick! (sighs) Kick had me. I blocked that out of my memory. Yeah. (laughs) Ew. That was a bad time. That was dangerous. No,
1: yeah. Tumblr was a thing. I just looked at it, but I never really got
0: super into it. Yeah, Tumblr was big in like in my prime. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I was a Tumblr girly for sure. So you've been on social media for. Six years. The majority of your life, basically. Like half a decade, yeah. And then, yeah. I got Instagram when I was a freshman in high school. Even then, it wasn't what it is now. It wasn't what it is even five years ago. There were no influencers. There yeah. were no like sponsorships. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like an advertising place because I feel like that's kind of what it is now. It was just like, oh, I'm posting pictures for my friends, like Woman Crush Wednesday. Oh my gosh, like, Yeah, Man Candy Monday. Like it was so <laughs> innocent and so simple, like the filters, yeah. 2014 edits. Yeah, it was so like chill. I don't have TikTok. Oh, so I, I don't do. <laughs> know much. I mean, I know about TikTok, but like in terms of what's going on on TikTok, like... (sighs) TikTok's a mess. TikTok,
1: I'm always on TikTok. It's actually bad. Like, I'm obsessed with TikTok. But also TikTok, that is where the most exposure is, like seriously, because there's different trends that are out there, which good trends, bad trends, all of it, TikTok's influencing it because it's the easiest platform I would say that you can get recognized, right? And that's why, like, all these influencers like are out there getting so much promotion so fast and sponsorships and like all that stuff. For me, if I want to like search up like outfit inspo, I mean, there's also Pinterest. Like, I love Pinterest. I too. love. I'm such a Pinterest girl. Yeah, yeah my Pinterest whole life is, is on Pinterest.
0: So mm-hmm. Obsessed.
1: I want to say it really would depend on like your age group too, because like I'm 18 and it can go from like 18 year old stuff to like. 22 21 whatever or there's the bracket of like 15 to 18 so like i'm seeing like different types of like perspectives of what people are doing on like their weekly like routines all that stuff is yeah. so different so different yeah
0: my issue i mean i have so many issues with tiktok i morally cannot get myself to download tiktok the way that it's influencing people is, like, genuinely horrifying, Mm -hmm. especially young people. The way that it's kind of putting this divide between real life and virtual life is insane to me. Yeah. And just how addictive it is. Like, I don't have time anyways Mm -hmm. for, like, the platforms I do have. So if I added TikTok on, I would just be so, like, overwhelmed and just so jaded by this social media experience
1: yeah absolutely and like for me like i try to filter my social media to what my interests are and like for me that's pretty much just the gym but like with the gym comes diet and that's where i can get toxic super toxic
0: on tiktok and just body expectations in general
1: yeah and when i see that stuff i'm just like this is not how it should be because social media should be positive it should be an outlet for people and some people take advantage of that and they turn it into something that makes people question themselves.
0: Yeah. With how much we see, like, influencer culture and sponsored posts and undisclosed sponsored posts, which Mm -hmm. is a huge issue on TikTok specifically. And um, it's a matter of time until these influencers get clocked for that. But regardless, it becomes a very blurred line of, What is real and what is not? And what is a realistic expectation and what is not? What is plastic surgery and what is not? Exactly. And that's really scary, especially when you have such young people watching. Mm -hmm. And the fact that a lot of these influencers don't take any sort of moral responsibility of that. It's rough. It's concerning.
1: Yeah. And like right now, you've probably like heard of it, but so many young girls are going to Sephora Girl. and they are just obsessed with Drunk Elephant yep, and Glow Recipe. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like when I was like 10 years old, I was using like lip gloss from Claire's and like the little like lip yeah. gloss phones. Oh my God. All yeah. that cute stuff. I was like reading like little Junie B. Jones books. Like I was not into makeup like that. And it's mm-hmm. all because of social media
0: it really yes, is yes and these little kids are comparing themselves to 25 year olds yeah you know like it's sick i feel bad i'm like wow. it's sad and the fact that like nobody is watching their internet use is like a whole other thing
1: yeah Oh um, my gosh that
0: was a big thing when i when i was like young mm-hmm.
1: like the was it like the parent restrictions of like an yeah, hour yeah. usage and then you're done
0: yeah. like that's it <laughs> yeah It's And it must be super hard for parents to figure out how to navigate this because it is so new. And, like, as much as we know some of the impacts, we really don't know what this is going to look like long term. But I think we are kind of starting to see some of these impacts now just in, like, everyday interactions. Like, socializing with people in real life is increasingly difficult. Using your phone as a coping mechanism to avoid social situations is more common than talking to a stranger and that to me is really scary just as somebody who like values real life in-person connection Mm -hmm. like seeing that shift to the avoidance of personal connection is like oh my god like what is happening
1: because like life should be nice to just like talk to people life should just be easy yeah and social media puts like an obstacle in the way of like Which way, like, do I do
0: things and how should I think? You're so right because, like, just saying that it is an obstacle, it's so true. Yeah. I try to think about, like, who would I be without the influences of these millions of people that I've been consuming for the last 10 years of my life? And, like, do I even know who I am or what I would want or what belief systems I would uphold if it wasn't for the things that I saw on social media? And in some ways, like, there's so much good that comes from that. But in other ways, I don't think I would hate what I see in the mirror. I don't think I would have so much self-comparison. I don't think I would follow certain trends. like. I would be a completely different person without the influence of social media. We're so roped in that it's hard to just like cut it off and mm-hmm. be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've and been then there. just like <laughs> find yourself. But yeah,
1: no, because like for me, like social media, like once like, I'm in it, I have to like take a step back and use some self reflection. That is yeah. so key. Self reflection yeah. is so key. Like I will always go by that.
0: I want to hear how you would describe your experience of social media and those around you and really just how it has impacted like you your generation your friends so when i was in high school and maybe it's because i was in
1: high school i don't really know but the way that snapchat oh
0: my god that's so cold
1: okay one people in school like i think about like those clips i see like on tiktok about how high school was for people back in, like, the 80s and 90s and how there was, like, no phones, really. And it was just actually, like, making friends and having a true friendship that actually is valuable. And now from Snapchat, friendships
0: are so, like... I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a feeling, you know. Like so interesting. I feel like Mm -hmm. I got the tail end of the normal high school experience. Mm -hmm. Like when I think about kids in high school now, I actually fear for them. Mm -hmm. Because high school's already so hard as it is. You are in such a strange, like pivotal time of your life to add in the pressures of social media yeah and the expectation and the trends and the on instagram you're only cool if you have
1: a stanley cup <laughs> like
0: yeah what the exactly. hell exactly
1: the stanley cups okay they're
0: cute but personally like it's a f-ing cup yeah literally it's a f-ing cup it's been around forever it's nothing new it's a social status thing totally but imagine being 13 14 especially as a girl yeah when there's already so much expectation put on you
1: yeah, I feel like Instagram definitely is also another really big thing that high schoolers, and I mean it's high schoolers, but like people that are between, I want to say like 14, 15 to my age, like 18. Instagram's definitely a really big, like if your posts look a certain way, you're going to get a certain amount of likes. Or if you know this many people off of just social media and like networking, then you get like a certain amount of likes. Or if you fit into this category of beauty standards. It's so shitty that it's like that. Because yeah. if you if you believe that you're posting good content, you know, like you're gonna want to have some engagement with that. And the fact that like people just skim through it and they're like, oh, okay, like, good for there her. There she goes again. Yeah, and that thing. And it's just like, yeah. but if this was someone else that looked different, and if like they had a certain amount of friends that you knew, then it'd be like, oh. Yeah, I'm going to
0: like their post. Yeah, like if if it fits what's the relevant beauty standard at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because high school already has that sense of like the popularity contest. Like it's kind of what it is. It's never went away. hasn't. it's worse. It's worse. Yeah. Because now it's online. Now it's like you don't get to come home and separate from it. It follows you. Exactly. Constantly. And that is horrifying. Mm -hmm. And you're already comparing yourself. But the difference is that. When I was in middle school and high school, like, I'm comparing myself to the people around me. That's it. Now we have kids comparing themselves to millions of people all over the world. It's like, what does that do to a person, especially a young, like, developing human being? And I feel like
1: TikTok, another social media app that has affected the younger audience, is just affecting the way that popularity also is rising up again because of the fact that people want to blow up, want to get recognized, and like, okay, like, blowing up on TikTok, that's great. But that should not be your whole personality, especially if you're still in high school.
0: I was just watching a, a YouTube video today about the whole wave of, like, 2020 to 2021, like, TikTok influencers and how they are kind of cycling out of popularity. Yeah. And most of them wound up dropping out of high school, but now they have no, like, quote, unquote, online relevance. Yeah. So they've lost their career. They don't have a high school degree. It's just crazy that, like, people have prioritized their social media careers or status over school, like, over their primary education. Like, that is wild. And it it is a popularity thing. It's like, oh, well, I have this chance to have all these followers and these sponsors and make all this money. I'm going to take that over just being a kid and just experiencing life for what it is exactly enjoying my life Mm -hmm. like you're forcing these kids to grow up so fast in the social media landscape and like why are you putting all this energy into like changing who you are to fit a trend just to get more likes
1: yeah because likes should not define someone either
0: and they unfortunately do it's crazy yeah
1: absolutely and like I wish that people took social media as a fragment and not as a whole. How do you use social media? Okay, so I use social media mostly just for ideas, mostly for engaging with people that like the same things as me. So I actually have a fitness page on Instagram, and I'm actually on that more than my regular main Instagram account because I use my main Instagram account as, like, looking at people's stories and, like, liking posts or whatever. But my fitness account, I actually have, like, a group chat of people that we all, like, talk about the gym, we talk about what we're doing, like, and it's all positive stuff. And, like, I love that. So I would say that I use social media more of, like, as an outlet to have my day-to-day life be also kind of, like, okay, but here's what is on my phone and what I like to be on my phone with, like, you know what I mean?
0: And with your social media use, so you definitely seem to use it a lot for, like, fitness and Mm -hmm. the gym and that's like a passion of yours from what I know you kind of want to like move into like fitness influencing you know yes oh my gosh because I feel like the fitness industry depending on where you
1: put yourself in that industry it can be either really good or really toxic because there's always two sides to everything there always is absolutely but I've put myself in a really good spot that everyone is super positive and they just love to do what makes them feel good And, like, happy and fulfilled. And for me, that's why, like, when I go on social media, I mean, obviously, I'm going to talk to my day-to-day friends and, like, my friends in general. But, yeah, no, I totally am more of, like, into the fitness industry because the sponsorships are more valuable, in my opinion. Because, you know, like, there's the beauty industry. I think it's great, but it's very flip-floppy.
0: I hate the beauty industry. (laughs) I have beef with the beauty industry. Don't even get me started. Oh, my
1: gosh. It's just... I just feel like based on what I've seen, like makeup's great, but the industry of it is just so inconsistent. But with fitness, it's kind of like, okay, here's some clothing and some pre-workout. Enjoy your life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, but that's just my take on it. Yeah. I mean, I think if you find the right corners of it, it can be really good. I think there's always toxic and there's always good. And it's being able to weed out the toxic mm-hmm. and weed out the photoshopping, weed out the, yeah. like, you know, the clothing brands that are sourcing from really unethical places. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. But that's the issue, is that a lot of people don't know how to decipher because these brands are getting a little tricky. These influencers are getting a little a little too skilled at yeah. the facetune. Yeah. And that is not good for anybody. The issue of, like, People not being able to tell what's real and what's not. Yeah, it's the same with makeup, with fashion, with even like food, with fitness. Oh my gosh!
1: Oh my gosh! Fitness—the amount of people that lie that they're on steroids. I know. It's like, girl, come on. It's just like you know, if you're gonna be on steroids, like, if you're open about it, good for you. But if you're gonna like be discreet about it, but then say, oh yeah, I'm like I'm natural. I mean, your bodies to don't your look like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they they just don't. don't like ugh. It's like it's like lying about plastic surgery and this yep. all kind of circles back to the Kardashians and Oh my like, gosh, yeah. Girl, if you just would have said it, we wouldn't be where we are today. Because now people, especially young people, especially young girls, have an expectation that when they get older, they're gonna look like that. I mean, even me, like I just started going to the gym the past like two months. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm fighting for my life to, like, dodge negative content, to dodge negative yeah. people, to dodge the beauty standards, the body standards, yeah. the body dysmorphia. Like, I almost feel like I have to mentally disconnect from my body. Yeah. And I've, that yeah. sucks. As soon as my algorithm noticed I was going to the gym, oh. now I'm seeing these body types, and I'm like, oh... That is something
1: that I have been seeing so much too. And it's to the point that it's like people are comparing themselves
0: to people that genetically actually just look like that. I have a very like deep, long history with like really bad body dysmorphia. And I think most girls do. Yeah. Because of social media.
1: (laughs) When I was growing up in middle school, I was starting to notice that I have like a wide rib cage and that I'm shorter. Like I'm 4'11", okay?
0: But growing up being short, I got so bullied.
1: But yeah, so I noticed I had, like, a wide rib cage and, like, all my friends, like, during the summer, we'd go, like, swimming. And I'm like, yeah. oh, like, why do I look like a door? Why do I look like an iPhone 5? Like, what's going yeah. on?
0: Not <laughs> the 5C. Come on.
1: Come on, 5C. Literally. So, um, but eventually I took advantage of that when I got older.
0: I was like, there's a reason for that because of the fact that it's literally my genetics social media kind of shows you that you you can change that and you can look however you want. You can look like this girl, but it's like... There's only some degree. I got bones. What am I going to do with those? No, literally, and you just
1: can't change your bone structure. And, like, you know, there's like, oh, well, you can get your ribs, like, taken out or whatever the f-. I'm like, what? Isn't that what? crazy? That's disgusting. Like, why would you do
0: that? And and really, like, if we even want to shift into the conversation of plastic surgery, I'm all for getting plastic surgery if it's what you want but I really find it hard to believe that a lot of people who have gotten plastic surgery got it because they wanted it. Yeah, They probably got it because there's a beauty standard that is being shoved in their face, and I don't blame them. Because mm-hmm. how many times have I looked in the mirror and been like, yeah, I could use some filler or I could change my nose or yeah. change this thing about myself? So many times I get trapped in that cycle.
1: Yeah, the biggest beauty standard for like your physique hourglass people are obsessed with trying to look like an hourglass and i'm just like can you just love the way you look but that's always going to be easier said than done yeah
0: always i'm not built to look like an hourglass i'm literally (gasps) giving bored
1: but yeah no like i said uh it's totally just genetics yeah and people take everything they can to try to like look like someone that's just naturally like that and i mean bless them for looking good but you should not be
0: inferior to loving yourself because of that and there shouldn't just be one way to look Mm -hmm. like everybody is fine as they are and as soon as we as a society see that think about how many of these companies will lose business so much think about how many of these surgeons will lose business think about how many these makeup brands like waist trainers diet supplements like so yeah. many industries will literally crumble mm-hmm. if we stop the self-comparison and just accept ourselves as we are. And that is why it's continuing, because these businesses know that it's it's a fragile market. Yeah, it's like a money grab. It's profitable, but
1: for not a good reason.
0: Right. And if they can keep people in the cycle, especially through a platform like TikTok, they're going to make money. Oh my gosh, TikTok shop? I don't know if you've even heard of it yet. I've heard of it, but I've obviously not like experienced it. It is right now the
1: most engaging type of promotions that you can be doing. My for you page is filled with like every other TikTok of someone being like, "Oh my god, I got this lip gloss. You guys need it. It's $3 right now instead of 15." Da-da-da-da. It's giving
0: Temu like
1: No, it literally
0: it And it literally I think it, it like a that. lot of it is the same like companies like, It is. The the behind-the-scenes shady boots. Obviously, you talked a little bit about body dysmorphia and, like, specific things you've struggled with, but how has social media, like, influenced your self-image and the expectation that you hold for yourself? When I do look at social media, and if I feel like my self-image
1: is not the best, it's mostly because of myself already. Like, if I'm already facing a low Mm. and social media definitely impacts that I yeah, feel
0: like it plays into it yeah
1: but i feel like my self-image isn't necessarily from social media i mean i definitely have had my moments where i'm like this girl on, on tiktok has the same name as me and she's prettier than me like oh she's right. prettier kaylee like stupid shit like that to me like outside of the social media i'm like oh my gosh like i'm so jacked i'm the strongest ever and then i go on social media and i'm like oh wow she's like really jacked Then that's when I
0: feel like that. You feel really good about yourself. You feel all of these great things until you're thrown into the loop of comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. I like subconsciously do it at the gym too. I I just feel like for me and like my body issues, I've always struggled with being a really small person. Oh yeah, I I, can relate. (laughs) It's like really difficult. No matter how much I work in the gym, my body is a certain way. Exactly. And that's a really hard thing to accept. And it's also really sad that a lot of fitness influencers, a lot of the biggest ones that are very much pushed to the consumer, they're not talking about that because they yep. t- they're they trying to get you to buy a product and at the I end of the day. And I wish they would
1: talk about it. I wish they would be like, hey, this is how it is. And I don't want you guys to feel like this. Yeah. And there's only like maybe a quarter of that being shown.
0: And of course, they're the smaller influencers that don't have the reach that like, these massive you know millions of followers influencers have it's like you're setting a standard you need to be there to defend and support the people who don't feel seen in that absolutely and that's so important and that's why like I don't even I don't think I follow any influencers on Instagram
1: honestly I I wish I was the same way at the end of the day you just want to be authentically you
0: literally that is
1: all it takes to feel happy feel like you're enough But that takes time. It takes time to find like
0: your authenticity because it does not happen overnight. It's also an ongoing thing. As soon as I feel like I found myself, I'm like, Oh, but did I? Like, (laughs) what's next? And that just, I think that comes with just being a naturally curious person and a very self reflective person. Yeah. It definitely seems like you're a similar way where like you're actually thinking about things. It's like, kind of hard for me to feel like I'm actually existing in a room of people half the time like I'm so in my head I am so like stuck um for better or for worse sometimes I'm glad that I have that trait because I don't want to be sucked into the 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 bullshit bullshit. (laughs) cycle yeah like social media can just really take away what makes you you and what makes you unique and what gives you something to stand out because Mm -hmm. it social media wants to funnel everybody in to this one way of being, yeah. Which is let's be for real, thin, blonde, blue eyes, tall, uh, tan, tan. But <laughs> right. there is such a standard. It, it's so exclusive. All over social media, I'm seeing oh in- inclusivity, like let's like beauty industry inclusivity. Why are we still photoshopping our models? Why is everyone white? Why is everyone skinny? Why yeah. is everyone able bodied? When are we gonna start seeing diversity for real? So many people don't feel seen in that. You won't blow up on Instagram or TikTok if you don't do everything you can to fit that standard, including getting life-changing surgeries. That pressure on such young people takes away, like, any opportunity for people to grow into an individual. They're just becoming copy-paste. Yeah. So you ever look around and like see people and you're like, why does everyone kind of low-key look the same? It's scary. It's so scary because it's
1: just like I said, like just be you and just like take the time to like love yourself. Everything is a process, but it's all about how you choose to confront that process Mm -hmm. and have that perspective of what you think will make you feel better and not by seeing all this stuff on social media and acting like it's going to make you feel better.
0: Yes, that is a perfect way to put it. Social media gives you that instant gratification, but in real life, like you have to put in the work and it can take years to just come to terms with the person that you are and just work to be a better version of yourself for you, not for like the societal expectation. Do you feel that influencers and like the social media platforms themselves have a responsibility to consider the mental health of its users and just to be more transparent?
1: If you have that platform and if you're using your platform for a good cause and you want your audience to interact with what you have to say, then yes, absolutely.
0: I I think that there is a huge responsibility that needs to come with influencing because i think people love the fame they love the money they love the sponsorships they love the free products but they're forgetting that very real people are consuming this content and are impacted by it and i don't think that's considered enough i also do think platforms need to crack down a lot more on like what's showing up on the feed of a 13 year old child yeah versus a 25 year old adult like and this is a huge issue i have with tiktok is that when you're scrolling Mm -hmm. you can see anything it's like you don't know what's going to come up yeah it's scary to think that a child could be scrolling and then see something absolutely traumatizing yeah um and so platforms like need to be more responsible with what is going into somebody's algorithm and then influencers need to be more responsible about their audience and how their content is actually impacting these people if you think about like david dobrik (laughs) Like, his audience is literally kids. Or Mr. Beast. (laughs) Yeah, but yet David Dobrik is making, like, sexually explicit content and is doing things that are not kid-friendly. So it's like, yeah, the money is great for him, but, like, he has zero consideration for how it's impacting his audience.
1: Or um, there should be, like, a split of him telling his audience, like, oh, by the way,
0: my content's going to be switching
1: for a more mature audience.
0: yes. It's just the transparency and the honesty, like, knowing who your audience is and having respect for them. Being ethical yeah, is more important than money. Yeah. And that's the issue I have with social media. Even companies, like, they care more about making money than protecting the people that are funding them. It's very scary. It's just the
1: capitalism overall is just too much. Ah. Like, where is... Where's the humanity? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, where's the realness? Like... That's why smaller brands and like smaller companies they care more because they want people that are actually going to consume their products for a good reason because yeah. they give them a good reason. Right. But if it's just any other brand, they're just gonna throw shit out there.
0: A you know? million percent. It's really sad because there is so much opportunity for good, mm-hmm. and it's always it's always taken advantage of or it's always like. I'll use this platform for good, but if the right check rolls in, yeah. <laughs> I'm going back on my morals, you know? Yeah.
1: I think when people blow up, their morals change.
0: A million percent. Especially like fast, if they blow up yeah. really fast. Yeah. When Charlie D'Amelio blew up, she was what, like 16?
1: Yeah. She was like still so in high school. You don't so.
0: even have a moral compass at that. Like you're literally yeah. 16. Yeah. You are literally a child expected to then take on this platform of, what, 100 million people Mm -hmm. over the span of, like, a year? That's crazy. How scary is that? I would be so overwhelmed, like, genuinely. Literally, and then you kind of become disconnected to the number. Quite literally, your brain cannot imagine 100 million people in a room watching you. Right. Because it's not normal. No, absolutely not. The human brain is not able to process the amount of information that's being fed to us, yeah. the amount of attention that we're getting, the amount of news, media, information, trends, it, we're just not built for this.
1: Yeah, and it's still, it's never enough, though, either. Right. Like, people just want to keep it rolling it in and rolling it in until it's just so draining that you don't even know, like, how to feel, and you're just yeah. going with it.
0: You don't know how to feel without it. Yeah, like you're you're very much addicted to it. It's like
1: on autopilot almost.
0: Yeah, and it's such a natural part of our world to just consume, 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 consume. Yeah,
1: and that's where social media has affected mental health crazily, and in good and bad ways. During COVID, I went through my own like dissociation and it was scary because like I was young I'm like 16 I think 15
0: yeah
1: and because I'm a very extroverted person and it just got to the point that I didn't know like how to feel about anything I'm just like numb but I'm just like still existing like I'm still here but like my mind's like what there was just no gratification yeah it was just straight just white noise I just kind of was just practicing like ways to just de-stress. If it was underlying stress, that was affecting the way I was feeling externally. But it was very much like an external and internal thing at the same time. Um, Social media, with that, I've been seeing stuff of how people can relate to that. And that's where social media, like when it came to that part of my mental health, I was like, wow, like this is actually
0: great. Like I'm not alone. That makes a lot of sense in terms of finding community There's a lot of things that I've dealt with that I didn't even know I was dealing with until I saw it on social media. I was like, oh, my God, that's literally me. Like, I relate to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it helps you kind of with your self-discovery in a lot of ways. Yeah. But then, like you said before, there's a lot of obstacles in there, too. I don't know. The best example I can come up with is grief. And a lot of this stuff on social media surrounding grief is very like methodical. It's like, okay, step one, this is what you're gonna go through. Step two, this is what you're gonna go through. And then I'm seeing that and I'm like, that's not really lining up with what I'm going through. And then I feel outcasted, like I'm grieving wrong. But then Mm -hmm. I find an influencer who's like, hey, it's okay to grieve however you want. And then I feel seen and supported. And what you see on social media very much dictates like your lived experience and like how you can process your own emotions. And there's really good ways to use that, but then there's really bad ways to use that that aren't supportive and can set right. you back in a lot of ways. Exactly.
1: Like, the the downfall of social media, I would say, is when people make jokes about that stuff, and, like, it just, there's just so much insensitivity that's going on. Yeah. But it's also with a younger age group or people that grew up a certain way and was raised a certain way. And it's just, like, where's the respect? Yeah. And what if you felt like that? And what if you were trying to relate? And trying to not feel so inferior by
0: yourself that you wanted to reach out to someone. Just mental health and social media, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Because in my worst days, I needed social media in a way as like a support system and like a way to feel seen, a way to feel understood. But at the same time, in my worst days, there were so many things I saw that were very harmful. Even with my podcast, I'll post like, a short-form clip, there was one clip I posted about suicide and how suicide is not selfish. I posted it over a month ago. There's still people to this day fighting in the comments saying that I know nothing about suicide and how can I say such a thing when I don't know anyone who's committed suicide in my life. And it's like, babe. (laughs) Unfortunately, I do know somebody who's committed suicide. That was what the whole episode was about. So it's like, on one hand, there's half the comments, like, supporting me and, like, telling me that the way I feel is valid and, you know, like, you're going to get through this. You're doing a great job. Thank you for sharing this. It helped me. And then there's the other side that's literally telling me to kill myself because I'm talking about something vulnerably. The
1: criticism. It depends on, I think, how you take it at this point. Yeah, I literally
0: have to block it out.
1: You can only filter
0: so much. Mm -hmm. I mean. What would you recommend for somebody who is trying to figure out how to use social media in a way that is beneficial versus, like, harmful? Go for
1: what you're interested in and what you want your long-term goals to be and where you can start, um, what can be used for an outlet to start. And for me, that would be networking with people through social media. So I feel like a lot of people forget that don't believe everything on social media. It's so simple, but it's so complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said earlier, like you need to self-reflect on yourself and what you're seeing on social media, and be like, okay, does this align? If you wanted your social media to be healthier for you, you need to put that alignment in there. If you're constantly liking all like the drama, that's gonna be difficult. You gotta kind of balance it between, okay, like I want to see what's going on, with, like news, da da da, but also at the same time, I want to have a
0: feed that's gonna make me feel empowered. And I think also unfollowing people who are literally making you self-hate. Yeah. Unfollowing influencers who make you feel like you're not good enough, make you look in the mirror and feel like you need to do this to change your appearance or you need to do this to change your body. Just like getting rid of that stuff because it doesn't have to be there. There are so many influencers that are like quote unquote relevant. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) That I just like can't engage with because it's like harmful for me. It may be great for other people, but it's harmful for me. So I just, like, don't engage.
1: It all just depends on who you are at the end of the day. It's about what your morals are and if they match them. That's, like, why my influencers on my social media, I try to make sure that it's the same alignment, like I said. Because if you're going to follow someone that's posting things that you don't take interest in, it's kind of like, then why are you pursuing that person?
0: Right. It's even as simple as, like, unfollowing people from high school that you don't give a
1: fuck <laughs> Oh, my God. Let me tell you, the sweep was insane. The sweep is crazy. <laughs> the sweep was great, though. I was like, okay. It feels really good.
0: Prioritize the people that value you. And that support your goals. Yeah. What would you say to people who are struggling with negative self-image due to their use of social media? I would say take a
1: break. I would say, hey, like you need to surround yourself with people outside of social media.
0: Yeah.
1: And talk to the people that you're talking to in front of you. Because social media is just a whole layer of interactions and exposure. If you're feeling not the best, I mean, you're not going to get any better by still looking at it.
0: That's so true. So just put it down. Everyone's addicted to their phones now. It's just like, you feel like you're missing out on something. Yeah. If you, if you log off. So even if it's just like limiting your use or knowing when you need to stop. Yeah. Like as soon as those feelings of like self-hatred start setting in, it's time to to put the time limit yeah. on. You just got to reconnect with yourself. And I think a really important thing, too, is to make sure you are incorporating things in your life that are real human interaction. Yeah.
1: And setting up a routine for yourself. So then you have something to like look forward to. Yeah. That helped me a lot, especially when I was getting out of that whole dissociation from COVID. Like I had to really like regulate something for my day to day life. And social media does not help that. No. It's almost like a routine checking social
0: media, but <sighs> Yeah. And it you isolates know. you more. Yeah. It, it makes does. you feel more separated. Yeah. In a way. Even though it's supposed to make you feel more connected, it doesn't always do that. Right. Especially in a situation like quarantine when you feel that impulse to like check your phone like yeah. telling yourself to just wait a few more minutes and just kind of separating yourself from your phone and trying to become less dependent on it reading more oh i love reading it's so good like reading please everyone needs to read i hear yeah. like kids these days cannot read
1: i know Isn't that I'm crazy? Like, what gen alpha is insane
0: Gen Alpha's crazy. It's scary. are you technically Gen Z? Yeah, I am Gen Z. Okay. I, I don't would remember it.
1: Literally love
0: to grow up As a teenager in the 2000s, though, like you're so lucky. It was a fun time. I had a technology-free childhood. I mean, even my first phone that I got, it wasn't a smartphone. It was like a flip phone. And that was when I turned, I think, 14 or 15. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The only social media I had was my iPod Touch, Mm -hmm. which I needed Wi-Fi for. And like my school (laughs) didn't have Wi-Fi at the time because people like didn't use, like we didn't have accessible Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. And now schools are like using computers instead of books. We didn't have iPads. I just didn't have a technology-based childhood and I'm so grateful for that yeah and I think my age group is like the last generation to have that yeah seeing how kids are growing up today it's like I feel really bad <laughs> I feel so bad that they don't have like a normal childhood like yeah I was playing with Barbies until I was like 13
1: oh my gosh i was obsessed with my barbie dollhouse it was the best yes it and monster so high fun. dolls
0: monster high dolls were not my time but i get uh, the hype okay. i get the hype i wish that they were in my era oh what about like brats dolls i actually wasn't allowed to play with brats because they were too sexualized i mean they kind of like, yeah my parents yeah. didn't let me i mean i had such a normal childhood that the integration of social media didn't come until a little bit later for me And I've always enjoyed it, though. Like, I I love social media. I love content creation. I love, I mean, it's what I do for a living, like video editing, podcasting, YouTube. But I want it to be motivated by something meaningful. Right. What do you think the future of social media looks like and how can we do better? And how can the platforms do better?
1: Seeing how social media is right now, it's already advancing, like, every week I feel like trend wise there's a new there's always a new trend like the whole like Hailey
0: Bieber stuff blueberry milk nails and strawberry makeup like TikTok takes anything and makes it like a trend yeah like even slugging for your skin it's like people have been (laughs) doing that forever but let's put a trendy name on it and like market it in a cute way, and now it's a brand new phenomenon. It's like, girl, no it's not.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I just feel like social media is just gonna keep a steady increase. Do I think it'll get better? I'm gonna say that it depends on the influencers that choose to direct their platform to their audience, like how they choose to acknowledge things. I think it really is all gonna depend on the energy that people put out on social media and their intentions, because I think intentions are really important, especially if you care about your audience. And if you want to have that interaction, right. that is going to help
0: people. It takes a lot of self-reflection. Yeah. It takes a lot of being grounded in what you believe in and sticking to that. I heard a really interesting suggestion, having this conversation with a philosopher, actually. So I made a documentary in college, and it was about beauty standards, beauty ethics, and social media. And one of the people I interviewed is a a PhD philosopher focused on aesthetics. And she was like, personally, I think that there needs to be almost like a licensing system of people who can use social media. Like you need to take a course and get your license to learn how to drive and to be able to drive. You should have to take a course and like get some sort of certification to be able to download social media apps because that way people go into it with a base understanding. Maybe these courses can teach things like just navigating the platform safely, yeah, avoiding being groomed, because, like, yeah. it happens every single day. Yeah. Toxic Gossip Train, Miss Girl, Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Colleen Ballinger, we're <laughs> looking at you. Oh. This shit's been going on for, like, 10 years. Oh, my god! Right under our noses, it's you know? It's wild. It's crazy. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And so people need to be prepared for this when entering the online world, especially kids so maybe it is taking some sort of like five-hour course like certifying you or giving you a base understanding of like here's how to navigate this here's what you do if this happens here's how you report things here's how you determine something that's photoshopped and something that's not absolutely
1: i just feel like also with the future of social media gen alpha as they get older if they're already like the way they are now, yeah, social media is not gonna be good. Girl, it's gonna be I'm scared. Just like, mm,
0: I don't even wanna like. I know, I don't even go there. I, just, like, yeah. I think you're right. And I think in many ways, our generation and a lot of millennials, or like at least younger millennials, we're kind of getting burnt out from social media. Yeah. And there's a lot of de influencing, there's a lot of people stepping down from their role as an influencer, like, do you yeah. know Gabby Hanna?
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's now a fitness instructor yeah. in
0: Pennsylvania. And, like, Loki, I'm so happy for her. As she should. Because her mental health online was horrible. Yeah. And to see people stepping away from the spotlight and just living normal lives, I think there's going to be an uptick of people longing for that again. Yeah. Because I think we're all after COVID is dying down and we're all, you know, people are going back into the office, people are going back on campus. Right. And things are becoming as they were before. We're kind of realizing that this like TikTok fast paced culture is not real life and it's not realistic and it's not sustainable. And I'm hoping that that shift continues. As much as I love doing this for a living, it's a lot to have this desire to be relevant to be over consuming to be overly involved in the digital world to where you're like oh my god I haven't had a human interaction in weeks because I've been hunching over my laptop editing tiktoks for people yeah for a week straight you know what I mean I'm I'm hoping that that shift out of the like fast-paced trending tiktok lifestyle is gonna stick and I think there is this longing to have human connection again because yeah. humans are not meant to be in these bubbles. Like we are social creatures and social media has become antisocial. The amount of people my age that
1: brag about going ghost, they're like, oh, going ghost, don't hit me up. And it's like attention seeking. I'm like, OK, it's not so even a I'm, real thing. Yeah. I'm like, why would you even put it out there? Like if you want to be alone and think think to yourself just f- and do it. Yeah. Like, why do you have to be, like, to the whole world? Hey, guys. I'm going go, I'm going like, ghost, like. There's a thing
0: called introspection. Yeah. And you don't need to announce it. Yeah. Like, my favorite person in the entire world, he'll be a guest hopefully very soon. My best friend, Andrew, he has never had social media. That's impressive. He's a little older than me. And to see what his life has looked like, never, ever engaging on social media, I have a lot of regrets. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be in the world he's living in. Yeah,
1: wow. He
0: is constantly educating himself. He is constantly interacting with other people. The relationships he has in his life are so valued. I value my relationship with him so much because it's so authentic. It's so in person. It's so real. Yeah. There are no outside influences that impact my relationship with him. Mm -hmm. But everybody else, it's like... Yeah, and it's so hard to find that. Yeah. It is so rare to find that.
1: And you just can't take it for granted.
0: No. You really
1: can't. I'm jealous of him. I know. And, like, that's how life should be. Like, you should just be living for yourself and -hmm. not living for other people that are just, like, around you like that.
0: I know. It's, like, such a tough spot to be in. Because on one hand, I'm like, I have something important to say. And I want to share these things and have these hard conversations. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like, actually, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on today. I feel like this was a really helpful conversation. I learned a lot. I feel like everyone watching is gonna learn a lot. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I love being
0: on this podcast. I hope you come back. We can definitely do another little Little episode, little sesh, yes. Thank you guys so much for watching today's episode of the And Also Podcast. I always, always, always appreciate you guys being here and tuning into these really important conversations. Of course, if you feel like you have something you want to talk about, and you want to be on the show definitely let me know I would love to hear your ideas and what conversation we can have on here next thank you guys once again for listening or watching on youtube make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel follow our instagram and download our podcast on spotify and apple and I look forward to talking with you guys next week bye